0: I started from nothing, never knew where my next meal was coming But I transformed my life, I stay one step ahead Mindset of disruption, I own the edge This is the thrill cast. where I bring the wisdom you need Everyone is selling knowledge, I give mine away for free I'm as real as it gets you, either love or hate me Best believe I made to lead. Bill Hines, that's me This is the Thrillcast, this is, this is, this is, this is the Thrillcast, this is this is, this is the Thrillcast is the ca- 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 cast. Hello everyone, welcome back to uh, the Thrillcast uh, Our next guest is uh, just a phenomenal race car driver Matthew Brabham Matt is the grandson of three-time F1 world champion Sir Jack Brabham He's the son of Jeff Brabham Another uh, champion race car driver And uh, now he's a proud dad Um Matt has won uh, almost every single uh, step of going up to the IndyCar series. So he's won the USF 2000 championship. He's won the Pro Mazda championship, which is now called Indy Pro, but I'll still always call it Pro Mazda. What's, that's kind of like branding there. And now he's currently on his uh, second season of uh, Indy Lights. So he's had a, a few years hiatus on that, and he was you know, busy winning three-time uh, champion uh uh, from Stadium Super Truck So he's a three-time champion in that And, uh, you know, welcome Matt How you doing?
1: Oh, thanks Yeah, it was a, it was a great intro um, It's good to be here
0: Well, it's a great intro when you win Like, you know, when you hear somebody like Yeah, I got uh, this guy here And uh, he's just, uh, he sucks But no, but when someone like you That has that resume um, Yeah, it's easy to do So, And I and I don't even have notes here I just threw that off the top of my head Because I'm that good So, uh Anyway uh, Matt I consider one of my really good friends and he's just a great person and he has a lovely girlfriend and uh, but more importantly his dog is a famous world famous track dog called Brumby Brabs and uh, I wish Brumby was around because uh, that dog's just phenomenal but Matt you know obviously you know anytime I have a race car driver on I always ask them, there he is Brumby Made an appearance. How awesome is it? this dog? I'm telling you, this is the best behaved dog. This dog, I love it. I got pictures of this dog in my office, like kissing me. So, anyway, the um, <laughs> so you know, I always ask racers questions like, what got you into racing? But with you, I mean, I think all the listeners and everyone's gonna know. I mean, heck, it's probably what got your dad into racing and and you know, your grandfather into racing. I just think it's born in the Brabham blood from hundreds of years ago so but like you know obviously not everybody in racing families get into racing so but what 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 got you interested in it
1: oh well well thanks obviously for the the big lead-in um yeah brumby was just in the background there but yeah what what like really kind of got me going or it, it was more of like a case of convincing my parents and convincing my family that um I really wanted to do it enough for them to start start helping me out and and kind of getting me involved. But uh, I think when I was younger, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, Obviously, my dad was racing, and my mom was racing jet skis, and and obviously my grandfather had that incredible history. But I mean, I'm sure as everyone knows, like when you're a young kid, the way way you look at your parents is just as your parents, and you just kind of have no grasp or concept or idea on like how – you know, difficult what they do is like whether it's just a regular day job or supporting the family, like you're, you're used to so like kind of oblivious to what they do, you just kind of like um, carry on being a kid. But yeah, I think the, the pivotal kind of point in my life that I was like, I this is what I want to do was um, just listening to stories of my family talk about their racing experiences at the family dinner table. You know, I used to go. Um, to my grandfather's house. He lived like 15 minutes down the road and we would sit around the dinner table with my grandfather, you know, at the head of the table and he would just tell stories of um, the old F1 days, you know, battling Dan Gurney and Jim Clark and like um, Fangio and all the guys that were just legends back then. And like as a kid, like I didn't know any of those names, but the stories were just so cool. Um, You know, and, and fun. And it sounded like the lifestyle was just incredible. And, you know, they would tell stories about these huge food fights, um, at the F one in the F one paddock and, um, you know, doing stuff to rental cars and having to smuggle people in and out of countries because they would get in trouble. Um, and it was just a, it was just a wild time, especially when my grandfather was racing. And obviously my dad had some incredible stories too. And, it was just exciting to me, like the near-death experiences, you know, things happening with cars. I mean, I could go on forever telling you about the stories. And you know, as a kid, I would listen to that at home, and then I would go to school and listen to to other people's stories. And I just thought, man, what my parents do, and listening to those stories at home, like that's what I want to do. Like I don't want to do anything to do with what all my friends were interested in at school and and what they thought was cool. I thought, you know, that's really cool and. I really started pressuring my parents to get involved in motorsport and, and give go-karting or something a try. And that's that's where it all kind of formed from was those, those stories at the dinner table. I can still remember thinking back as a kid and sitting there at the dinner table going, yep, this is it, this is what I want to do
0: so that's interesting so basically what you're saying is all your friends growing up were boring so uh you'll never they won't be your friends anymore so matt yeah i think you're gonna have to get new friends after this podcast
1: uh, i'm just kidding oh but i I mean i just i'm just saying like as i was a unique a a unique kid for sure growing up in a unique family and and not a lot of kids get to to do that or have that environment so I, i was very lucky is probably, like, the more words I should have used.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and actually, I didn't even touch on it, but Matt did. So his mom is a world... Or has been, and she still races jet skis. Like, literally, world champion jet ski. So, like, the athleticism and you know so you, you know a lot of families you know the father or the mother one or the other are are of that pedigree and have that like sporting DNA in them but for Matt you know he has the uniqueness of where his mom's a world champion the dad is a world champion and you're I mean yeah so you know when you're watching the Indy 500 and your dad's you know, heck, what do you do, like 10, 11 Indy 500s or something like that? And yeah, 11. You, 11 and did all the, you know, and you're probably like, ah, whatever. That's my dad. It's easy. I can do it. And, you know, for you, being in the Indianapolis 500 is probably one of the hardest races you ever had to do just because of the equipment and everything you were in at that time, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a tough race. Um, obviously, like being a rookie at the 500 is never an easy experience for anyone even if they're in one of the the best cars on the grid and the top one of the top teams but uh yeah we we had a great i mean it, it was one of the most challenging races i've ever been in but it, it was one of the most fun races because it's just so rewarding with the atmosphere and and the history behind it you know i obviously i think w- i went in with a team that you know w- we the team was just created for, for me to do that race at that year because it was the 100th running and, you know, I think we did an incredible job with what we had because, you know, teams that just come in to just run that race as a one off, you know, always struggle big time. But, you know, we, we proved that we, we could be there and, and run with the best teams. So, you know, we didn't really have quite a, a chance at winning, but you know, we tried all kinds of different strategies and made all kinds of different changes through the race. And, you know, most of the race I, I was racing with Rossi. And, you know, he had some issues in the pits, but, you know, he ultimately ended up winning the race and we ran with him for <laughs> most of the race and we, we tried to do the same strategy and, um, we just didn't make it. So we still finished the race and we kept it clean. We finished 22nd, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's, that's still the fire in me is to do is to return to IndyCar return to doing that race because, um, you know, obviously my dad, he's, he's outdone me there. He's done 11 he's done 11 times and i think his best finish was uh, a, a top five you know yeah, so I, I gotta at least beat that but yeah i mean i think talking about that race and just thinking about it i mean it's such a big f- fuel to my fire is is wanting to do it again and get back involved because my family's won everything else you know my mom's raced all the jet ski stuff she's won in that my grandfather he won you know monaco and He won the Formula One World Championship three times, and then my dad, you know, won all the sports car championships and Le Mans, and also my um, uncle did as well. So, I mean, I feel like if I'm going to compete with my family and I'm going to put my name in the history books, it's got to be IndyCar and the 500 because then that's something that no one in my family's accomplished. You know, my dad was close; he he you know was right up the front to winning a bunch of IndyCar races, but you Know he, he didn't win the 500 and he didn't win the championship, so I just that's what I really want to do. Um, in terms of like that, that fire of like what can I add to the name and the heritage and the legacy, and I and like that's what I could do. Um, so you know, if I won a world championship in F1, you know, my, I still, Brumby, I still got another two world championships to go before I'm anything close to my
0: grandfather, and
1: you know, I think that's like my, my goal. And, and having raced that one race, as you said, was just an incredible experience.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously I could say, Hey, try not to compare yourself to your grandfather or your father or your mom, because you know, you're your own person, but I I get in families like yours and the Andrettis and the Ray halls and, you know, and the Gordons and things like that. It's like, you know, that's, what drives those family? Like, you know, I, you know, I talk to Michael Andretti and Marco Andretti all the time and, you know, and Mario, and they're always like trying to one up each other. And I know like, you know, you know, even your dad, you know, he, 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 he's like, you know, Hey, if there's an open seat, let me jump in a stadium super truck. And he's not kidding. Like your dad will jump in this thing. He goes, I'll give it a go. Like, and that's a racer, somebody that just wants to get into anything. And so What I want to ask you now, too, is, like, obviously, you know, uh, you found a sponsor uh, in in the the Urban Rebel, Mastermind, Ponton Industries, Indie Lights team, and, you know, you were able to get those sponsors for you, and, uh, yeah, obviously, we know those guys, and, uh, you know, they've been really good supporters of yours, and, and, uh, you know, obviously, in your hopes to get back to IndyCar, you're in Indy Lights, and, you know, obviously... Some of the issues, like I really believe that uh, you know, watching these races this year, that race control has absolutely not done the best of jobs, and we know those guys. But you know, when the penalty for blocking is more severe than the penalty for putting somebody into a brick wall or a concrete wall and crashing them and causing them crash damage, you know that that has to be looked at because you were on your way in Iowa. You know, you had the best strategy, you had the race trim set up, and you came through the field so quickly, and you were about to win the race, and if anyone that knows racing, they're like, oh, well, he started eighth and you didn't have the speed. Well, actually, you were really, even in your trim setup, you were only a couple hundredths off, like, the field was so tight. You set your car up for not qualifying trim. You set it up for race trim because they impounded the cars. And basically whatever trim you had for qualifying, you had to use for, for the race. And you were only like, I think, a hundredth or two hundredths off the, the pole position. You quickly came through the field. Um, and you were basically saving your equipment, saving your tires, and you were like, okay, with five laps to go, I'm going to go. And I think if you got by him, you would have left him in the dust because you had your tires, you had your equipment, you had everything. And and the guy just moves up on you. And I don't believe his excuse for one re- for thing. You're sp- like, unless his spotter was Stevie Wonder like, um, and blind saying, you know, hey, you're clear i would want to hear the recording of his team radio because there's no way his spotter told he was clear if you're not any you need, guy needs to be fired
1: well, yeah i mean yeah obviously it's uh i always quite the experience but yeah no it's great to have it's great to be back like racing in indy lights and and back you know in that footpath to, to indycar and obviously i've got some really great supporters this year so it's it's really good to have those guys um you know help me out and and it, you know they all believe in me, and and uh, we're going to keep working towards you know trying to those goals of, of getting me back into IndyCar. So yeah, obviously I'd like to mention those guys. It's it's great to have them on board. But yeah, I mean I <laughs> I always controversial. I'm not going to lie. And uh, yeah, I mean I I feel like as you said my the year that I've had this year, I've just been hit harsh with penalties, and obviously I've made some mistakes myself. I haven't been the cleanest driver this year, but. You know, I think a little bit of that is also, you know, me blowing off the cobwebs. It's It was eight years, seven or eight years since I was back full-time, you know, racing in an open-wheel car, and the people I'm competing against, you know, they're on their six, fifth, sixth, or seventh year
0: in a row of races. Yeah, in a row, yeah.
1: Even though they're a little bit younger than me, and when I when I did go through the road to Indy when I was younger, I mean, I blasted through it. You know, I only did throw to Indy three years, and, uh, you know, a lot of the guys I'm competing with have done a lot more um, years in open wheel than than I have, you know, even though I'm so old and experienced, at least compared to those young guys that are coming through, you know, I think I'm, like, the perfect age for IndyCar right now, but, yeah, I mean, it's just been a tough season. I I won the first race, and then, yeah, I I hit someone and got a penalty, and then um, I spun off another race, and then I was going to finish second, and then It rained and then the race got delayed and I didn't end up finishing second in that race because of all the rain and the issues I had. And then, um, you know, Detroit, I would have been fighting for first, second or third at least. Um, and I was going to qualify second and, you know, the yellow comes out in qualifying. So then they take my lap away and it's only like split milliseconds that, you know, dictate me being second for both races as opposed to starting where I did, which was like six and six. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a lot of things like that. And then yeah, it was frustrating because I, at Iowa, it was a big gamble to do what I did because they changed the rules right before the race uh, weekend. And they said, no, you have to qualify with, we have to race with what you qualify on. And of course, everyone's like, well, do we run the race downforce and risk, qualifying down the back, um, or do you just qualify down the back with full race setup? Um, but then you risk not being able to pass. And that was a big gamble that I that we were just thinking about all weekend. Like everyone was thinking about it. all the teammates were all like, what are you doing? Like what do you think you're gonna do? And um but basically yeah what kind of happened was everyone was just scared that once they started the race they wouldn't be able to pass um, because there wasn't that much passing and testing.
0: Well, I think they're they, a lot of, because, well, for racers, you know, I think in quality trim, it, it, I mean, once you get the air taken off you, you're going to be loose. And you, yeah, I mean, you are just like, I could see like he gave you the top side when you were going for the pass. You're like, Oh, he's giving it to me the top. Like I believe you could have put your car on in the top, the bottom, the middle, and made that pass stick anywhere you were putting it. Like, you really had a car that can go anywhere on the track, and you could see that, you know, and I was watching from the comforts of my home. I wish I was there, but, uh, you know, more just because I want to see Gwen Stefani, not you. But uh, yeah. anyway, they had, they, had, like, they had three, like Tim McGraw, Gwen Stefani, Blake Shelton, like the Iowa promoters, man. That was packed. I mean – I, 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 I wish I had made it and I was trying to go, but you know, uh, the airline we won't name canceled my flight, but that's okay. But yeah, so talk about that. Like, I and I could see they were struggling. I think they were getting a lot of understeer at, at once the air was getting like once they you were taking the air off people, but that wasn't really happening to you because you had the proper downforce to effectuate those passes.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird one too. Like, I, I, I will say this, like, I um, had the downforce of a, of a race setup on, and and all my teammates trimmed out to to go for the pole, and yep. and one of my teammates did get the pole, and I ended up eighth. But the weird, one of the weird things about it was that the actual the other teams that were racing had the same downforce as I did. So so Linus, who was the one that ultimately put me in the wall, he had the same downforce as I did, and his teammates had the same downforce but yeah my i could just race better and and my car was just better in traffic and you know so i, I think a little bit of it was was the setup and and i don't know why those guys
0: well maybe your shocks up, and your dampers were set up a little bit better yeah, than because so it, it was pretty was bumpy yeah and and balance
1: as you said like i think they they were giving feedback on shorter runs so they said oh well you know i think they only did like they no one did race runs like i did like i did a full race run and i'm like at the end of this race run on this many laps of tires my car is is doing this and i don't like it and so i would adjust it for that last part of the tires and i think that, that was just coming from my experience of running ovals is i mean you can almost have any setup on the car with a brand new tire and it just masks your problems but if you then get to the end of the tire life and you're struggling There's nothing worse, you know, and I think that's, that was the key really to me was not even so much the downforce and sacrificing that stuff and qualifying, but, um, just having the car at the end of the race. And I, uh, I made some good moves at the beginning of the race and got around. And then, yeah, as you said, at at the end of the race, I could put my car wherever I wanted. I could go low, I could go high, I could go middle. Um, and my strongest lane was the high lane, but I, I could do the bottom too and yeah i was just surprised when he took the low lane i'm like oh that's that's my strongest lane i'll take the high lane and it's like he kind of had that hesitation of like oh oh no i've given him the high, high lane this race is over i got to do something and unfortunately what he did wasn't the right move so oh well
0: I thought I was watching Days of Thunder when that happened. When he's like pointing them by, and he goes at a high, and he tries to stick him into the wall. I was like, "What's going on here?" And uh, yeah, I mean, and what you were talking about, you actually saw that in the actual in the IndyCar race, whereas like you know the drivers that had the better setups longer in the stint, you know, because obviously when you got new tires like even like Jimmy Johnson would come in and get new tires and it was almost like a video game for him he's like blat, like passing people high low like he's in the marbles it's not affecting him but man when you have 45 50 laps on those tires and uh, then you saw some of the drivers actually like yeah, you know, uh-oh they they would get down on the low side they'd hit the the paint and then they'd slide up and just crash into the wall but uh so what's What's next for you? What's so it's exciting? The Nashville race is coming up, so uh, I think you're going to be pulling some double duty. Let tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so I uh, oh, our next race is obviously Nashville in the in the Indy Lights. So um, yeah, most of, all, all my focus has kind of gone into that, and we we just had a test day at Sebring yesterday. Actually, I got back late last night.
0: Uh, where'd you fall uh, on the charts, if I might ask? I just kidding.
1: I I was second. Um, right behind Stingray, but, uh, oh,
0: nice, nice.
1: we, we did the same time, um, and we were quite a bit faster. We were a little bit faster than everyone else. Um, but it's hard to know, like on a test day because we, I ran like really high with the car set up to, to prepare for Nashville cause it's so bumpy. Yeah. And towards the end of the day, some of the people, you know, started lowering the cars a little bit, get a little bit more speed out of it and, and stiffening the car up. So uh, I still was running you know, the same lap times, but with a higher and softer car, which is not ideal. So I think, yeah, for the test day, I was super strong. Stronger than I, I have been at a lot of... I think like I'm really starting to figure it out now. Obviously, it's a bit late in the championship, but no, I felt really good at that test. But yeah, Nashville is going to be a good one. I, I was looking at the schedule, and uh, Continental reached out to me and said, Basically, were begging um, to have me in in the truck because uh, in the stadium super trucks because they're racing there as well. And uh, yeah, they. they say, have hold on,
0: res- when you say Continental, you mean Continental tires, the best tires that we run and, uh, in in uh, stadium super trucks and uh, passenger yeah. tires. Yeah,
1: they've been the fastest and the best tire in, in super trucks. So yeah, they're the only tire now. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no. So they reached out and I looked at the schedule and we. Um, have a lot of downtime, um, like the indie lights are on in the mornings and then the super truck races are only like late afternoon. So except for like one day, but it's, yeah, I got a lot of time and it, and it doesn't clash. And so I thought, you know, it'd be pretty cool if I could win both races. And, um, obviously uh, there's a lot of IndyCar car teams, you know, looking at drivers at the moment and, and I'm talking to a few of them. So, um, yeah, it'd be tough for me to win the Indy Lights Championship. That's like still what I'm focused on. It's never over till it's over. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going for race wins. And uh, I, I think I can I can win the Super Truck race. And so far, I think we've got a really good setup for Nashville. And it and it should be a lot better than when we went to Detroit because there's similar tracks where they're, they're tight and bumpy. bumpy. And yeah. I think we've made some big, big improvements. So yeah, I think it's going to be a good weekend.
0: Well, you know, obviously, I wish you the best in the Indy Lights race. I hope you win that, but uh, you know, I hope you come in P P two in the Stadium Super Truck race. You know, so so, but I, actually, I don't mind a P two because that's actually I've won uh, Stadium Super Truck races and I've come in third, so I've never had a second. So I I, I need to get you know a second place uh, trophy in in the in the trophy case. That's for sure. So, uh, but anyway, are
1: you, are you talking about overall too, right?
0: oh yeah, yeah no yeah i've never yeah i've only had first overall or third overall yeah or something like that
1: is it is the same in races as well
0: yeah i've never had a second ever
1: that's crazy yeah
0: yeah i'm either all or nothing just kidding,
1: <laughs> that's, <laughs> just kidding. that's usually the best way to be to be honest
0: yeah exactly so um but yeah so uh other than that um I, th- I think that's it for the the thrillcast. And let's hey, actually tell people where to find you, so if people don't know you. But a lot of people are going to know you, obviously. Um, I think all his socials are at Matty Brabs. That's M A T T Y B R A B S. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the same on everything. I'm pretty much on everything except uh, TikTok. So Instagram, uh, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. So I try and keep up on those things. But uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, I've been. Getting into the reels lately, but uh, the reels are good. Yeah, you, usually, Brumby's the one to follow, so
0: yeah, <laughs> Br- Oh, Brumby Brabs too is it B R U M B Y B R A B S is uh, 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 also to follow. And uh, the, uh the the one thing I want, oh, I forgot the one, the last thing, and I'll let you go is uh, your sponsors, you know, the trio I mentioned earlier, uh, and then the, the uh, Scottish nut of Urban Rebel, they fashioned the color. The colors, as they say, of your car, to, to uh, which I thought was was great, but, you know, obviously attention to detail of those guys. After your grand, one of your grandfather's F1 car, so the colors, like the blue and the yellow, and, uh, you know, I thought that was a cool touch, and it's kind of paying homage to the history of the Brabham family, and I know your dad was, you know, really excited about that. So what does it feel like to actually being, you know, driving, you know, obviously the number of your father— who's number 83 as well but the colors of your grandfather?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it was good. They were they were super open and uh, they were like they worked with me a lot on you know trying to figure out what what would be a, like a cool car design and what would incorporate and between everyone you know who would agree on like everything too. So yeah I, I was um, obviously a big strong pusher of uh, having the number 83 and that's the number that I, I've tried to run my whole career um is the number 83 because that's what my dad had and then i had it in go-karting and all the way through and then i i ran it in super trucks as well and then my mom would run the same number but flipped so my mom was always 38 and i was always 83 and then we kind of it turned into like a family tradition where i'd say oh if i race bmx which was like one of the first things i ever raced and it was like on two wheels i would run 38 and then if it was four wheels i run 83 and then um yeah and then my mom's been you know so it's always eight and three or 38 and it's been like a little cool family tradition we've had at least between my mom um, my dad and myself and so it was great to have the sponsors cool with it because you know you never know what what number the sponsors want to run and you know richard as you said from the Urban rebel guy i mean he's always like a character and super cool about everything and then obviously um i had to get it approved by andretti uh, because have their own numbers and you when you drive their car you drive their number and andretti has always been really good to me and they they let me run whatever i run i wanted so i took the 83 and and they let me run it and that's the number i ran with them and pro Mazda when we won the championship so that was really cool and then yeah the colors i mean there's a lot of history and there's a lot of different colored brabhams around the world but uh yeah we were we were looking through all the different cars together and and they um, saw one of the cars in my grandfather race it was a later car with wings um on it and it was uh yeah the blue and yellow and it was kind of like a coincidence because we we picked out all those colors and it looked really cool and we're working on designs together with everyone and they all came together and we picked it and then obviously it's not a not a good thing but um all the stuff with ukraine came out and so then we ended up Having like the same colors as, as Ukraine as well around all that time. So we got the blue and yellow, and it. it kind of fitted in and was just the timing of it was really cool. And that's not what we were intending to do, but it's definitely one of the best looking cars on track. And oh for sure, everyone loves it. So yeah, I, I think, you I, I think so. Like you're you a big fan. Obviously, you like it too.
0: Yeah, I, I love that color and everything. I think it stands out. And actually, you know, anything
1: uh, Victory Lane, though, well, is what they always. Do.
0: Well, the funny thing is, is when Continental called too. They, you know, obviously you couldn't say no to that because, you know, they pay you a lot of, you know, whereas, you know, the other sponsor kind of just pays for the ride. And then it's like they're not actually like most sponsors like, you know, on the stadium super truck level aren't paying the driver to drive the truck. They're just paying for the truck to be in the race. And then and then the driver makes prize money, whereas Continental actually like is like, you know, a caliber of Matt is like doing both. They're like covering uh, the, the truck. Well, the truck's covered because the Continental provides all the tires to the series, but then they, you know they provide the, the you know of funding and expenses and everything. But then that left the mastermind truck, so actually, you know, they reached out to me and I'll be actually in the mastermind truck. Um, so technically, we we'll t- we're teammates, so <laughs> so you, you, you know, hey, you know, plow the road. I'm like fifth in the championship for SST, so if you can help a brother out. You know, and uh, don't don't piss off the Scottish rebel. Uh, well, Scott the Scottish uh, rebel there, guy. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be weird because obviously I ran that truck, yeah, the awesome truck at, at Long Beach.
0: Yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, they, I thought yeah, Continental were were definitely keen to have me in there. So yeah, it's. Kind of funny. It'll give a little bit of rivalry that going on. Like, hey, what are you do? What are you doing in my, my old truck? truck?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and like honestly, we're coming back out with the thrill cast, so I wanted to put that, but obviously, I couldn't say no to them as well. So, you know, obviously like, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. I would rather have uh, you know a-, a-, a paying sponsor than. <laughs> <That's very laughs> yeah,
1: true, yeah. As I said, like it, race car drivers, like put anything on their on their you know suit or whatever, you know, it, and we're always surprised it's not. Um, you know, there's a lot of weird c- companies out there. You could put like, you know, certain industries that are banned. <laughs> you know, obviously all the cigarette ones, but you know, there's some, there's some naughty, um, interesting industries that I'm yeah. surprised they're not on race cars, and I think they should be.
0: Well, I've actually been contacted by like vaping companies and some other like CBD stuff. And obviously, you know, it's not a secret that, you know, I've never had a drink in my life and I've never done a drug in my life. And like those type of companies, I just, I like will not take their product. I will not support their product because I just don't want it uh, around like me and on that brand. And, you know, and that's nothing against people that do that stuff. Like, Hey, do whatever you want to do. You're all searching for your own happiness. But, you know, I just, you know, I I just, you know, there's better things to do than just take their money and then drive around like, have like uh views or any of those yeah, other anybody
1: back i don't know if you can see it but i i love rum so if there's any rum rum sponsors i'd happily take one of those oh, do you like
0: do you like i didn't know you like rum
1: yeah yeah it's my favorite yeah
0: we're gonna have to call him rumby why don't you name him rumby rumby brabs <laughs> anyway. all right well hey everyone that's matt brabham and you can follow him again at Matty brabs uh, and all his social media, has got a website, too, and I think it's MatthewBrabham.com as well, right? And then he even has, you could sign up for his newsletter, and uh, you typically after his race, his publicist, they'll send out a nice little, like, caption of what what's going on with him and everything else. And, you know, if you want to get involved in his racing program, obviously, uh, you know, he's – got his eyes set on getting full-time into IndyCar, and I think he's proving this year, like I said, even though he's, like, in third in championship, uh, you know, it's nice if you win the championship. It comes with, like, a $1.5 million purse, which goes toward IndyCar. That helps. But I think what what you're doing this year and showing, uh, you know, your car control and how competitive you are, that uh, I, th- I think there's going to be sponsors and teams lining up for your services because, like, honestly, you know, uh, half the field in IndyCar, they they could probably just sit down because you know I, I it's like like the, there's like twelve that are really really good and competitive, and the other twelve are just like you know I don't know racing around with daddy's money, and uh, it's just like they they shouldn't even be there. So
1: I would say I'd say yeah, I mean that Indy IndyCar is a very competitive field, but um, yeah, I mean I, I've already proved that I can you know when I, I the first time I ever qualified a car, I'd never been on red tires and i i qualified in the in the top 13 and i nearly went through to the fast the next fast group and i probably would have if if i didn't have a fueling issue so i already know that i can i can run in the top half of that field and between those top 12 13 guys you know anyone can win a race so yeah i mean i i don't know i'm pretty biased but man i i feel like if i get in there especially with the experience i've had now like i would be the i'd be a pretty damn good rookie i think i think everyone would be like why why did they not give me an opportunity before and, and why is he only getting one now you know so i think i think it's all all the all the pieces and all the the experience and uh i don't know what you say as an athlete but in i think all the the edges i've had over the years around it and you know i'm ready to go so hopefully it all comes off and you know, what I'm what I'm working towards, um, you know, materializes.
0: Yeah. And, I, and you know what? And we'll end it after this. It's uh, if, uh, you know, some some people come on and, you know, they pay themselves lip service and they say that. But listen, I've raced against you in Stadium Super Trucks in sport cars. I've raced as your teammate in Stadium Super Trucks. And in sport cars, we've won an endurance championship together. We've won we play second in the longest race in North America, the twenty five hours of Thunder Hill, in the shittiest car ever. A four cylinder I used to call it they're like, Oh, what do you race? I was like a four cylinder shitbox. And and uh but man, we we made fuel and we were fast. Say again. The, the car was called like a mid midjet or mid, something, right? Yeah, mid jet. About his midget because it, it, yeah, it was a tiny guy, yeah. I don't think you're allowed <laughs> to say that anymore, you know. Uh, just kidding, it's like, but yeah, I mean, and and uh, we had pace, and I mean, I think you know, heck, I did like three or four hours in that car, but Matt, like, overnight, him and this guy, uh, Roger it was Roger Eagleton. You and him did like eight hours each overnight, it was just insane. And then we had Renee Villeneuve, and then we had um, shit, what's the kid's name. Henry, Henry, yeah What was his last name again? I forgot I got it somewhere I I got ADD, whatever Anyway, um, but thanks Matt for coming on And uh, hey, I'll see you soon in uh, Nashville Music City
1: Looking forward to it It's going to be a good one Thanks everyone, be good